Good morning, world. The time is 10 a.m. The voice you are hearing is that of Lady Heart, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me here on the First Lady's Hat. You know what time it is. It's about time for that mid-morning break. So, once again, you know how we do it. Go ahead and get your fruit, your coffee, or your snack, and let's settle down for a few moments of encouragement together. I want to remind you that you have joined the First Lady's Hat, and this is a radio show that is dedicated to addressing life as it relates to the First Lady. I am your host, Lady Heart, and right here, right now, we are building an engaging community just for you, the First Lady. So if you're ready, what we want to do is just take a moment for thanks and just give God all the glory that he deserves. So, Lord, we just want to thank you for allowing us to see this day. It is a beautiful day to be in your presence. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the pastors and their first ladies and their leadership teams who labor in your vineyards every day. We pray your blessing of purpose, of power, of productivity and prosperity over this day in Jesus name. Amen. I want to say welcome one more time to the First Lady's Hat. I am your host, Lady Heart. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I was reminded about very recently. And um, it's a topic that a lot of us as First Ladies will struggle through as we are going back and forth, especially in our first years, as we are going back and forth with exactly what we are supposed supposed to do. Um, the topic that I want to talk to you today about is your creative strength, your creative strength. You know, sometimes we ignore what God has already put in us because we think we have to be like those that went before us, you know? So as first ladies, I talked to you already about, you know, accepting who you are and, in becoming or learning how to accept who you are, we get to the point where we're trying to emulate other people or pattern ourselves after other people. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're not called to be like anybody else. You're called to do something new. You're called to be something new. You're called to be exactly who you are. You're called to be a groundbreaker and a world shaker. And unless we know what our creative strength is, then we're going to have a real problem doing that. It's important for us to understand that our creativity our ability to create, our ability to manifest, our ability to get things done comes within our strength. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that today. And so I hope I have enough time to get everything in. Um, the real point that I want to make to you today is to just be yourself. You know, just be yourself. Recently, we talked about accepting ourselves, accepting the good, the bad and the ugly concerning who we are in order for God to wholly use us in our lives. Right. God wants to take that which is good and he wants to do greater with that. He wants to take that which has been bad, which has been ugly, and he wants to create a testimony. Your testimonies give your ministry fuel. So just because it was a bad time in your life, just because it's something that you might have been ashamed of five years ago, three years ago, 
20 years ago, it still can be used as fuel for your ministry. So I want to encourage you about accepting yourselves, but I also want to encourage you to be yourself. I really just want to carry on in that same day, in that same vein on today and talk about what it means to accept yourself or even more poignantly to be yourself. Okay. Is that okay? I know it is. So I know somebody's out there listening or somebody's looking and, and um, engaging on social media saying, Lady Heart, it is not that easy. And I want to let you know, believe me, I already know. I have been where you are. I struggle with that from time to time. And the truth is, it's not easy to be yourself, especially when you have all these expectations coming from so many different places in your life. You know, being yourself is so much easier said than done. You know, everybody around you has an expectation. Your husband has an expectation. Your congregation has an expectation. Other ministers you meet have an expectation. People who don't even know you have an expectation. People who once they hear the word pastor or first lady or minister before your name, immediately their opinion of you shifts into a whole different area of what it is you're supposed to do and what it is or who it is you're supposed to be. And couple that that with all the different variations of what people think that is and then couple that again with no job description or no formal training that's like multiplying the stress factors right so it's hard I get it it's easier said than done to just be yourself you know I remember when um, early on in my journey as a first lady, um, I would just, you know, I was being myself. I am a very goofy person. I'm a very high spirited person. I would rather smile than frown. I would rather not fight. Let's take it easy, you know. And as I'm going through and progressing through my first couple of years, I got so many opinions on how it's 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 weird for me to be as goofy as I am or, you know, as as jovial as I am. The other former first ladies were staunch. Other former first ladies took their job seriously. And so I took that into account. Okay. I took that into account and I began to make little changes, little microscopic changes in my life that affected me very adversely. And they affected me in a way that I hadn't realized until years later. So discovering who you are, it's an exercise. It's an exercise on reflection. So today I want you to reflect on your life prior to becoming a first lady. Everything that you did prior to becoming a first lady, I want you to take it, take time. I want you to write it down. I want you to think about what your life was like before you became a first lady. And when I say that, I'm not talking about just looking at it in general, but look for the things that you are good at. Look for the things that have been a common factor in your life. Look for the things that you continue to return to time after time after time after time. What is your default setting? So I had to examine my life in order to actually be myself or come back to myself. 
And so I was reminded about this topic in a conversation that I just had earlier this week. And so I really feel the need, the impression to share this with you today. We spend so much time as first ladies trying to emulate others when we really should be mimicking Christ and we really should just be ourself. So don't worry. I'm not condemning you. I went through it. I went through it. And again, every now and again, that struggle rears its head. So this is the journey that I went through. I took every opinion and every request on how I should be from my husband. And that's not a bad thing. That's your partner. You know, that's your life partner. So it's okay to take those opinions and those requests. But when you internalize them, when you begin to change so much that you don't even recognize yourself, then it becomes a problem. And when you compound that with taking the opinions and requests, requests from your congregation. You know, your congregation members, they come in and I know I, I applaud you all when you are trying to help a first time first lady get through, um, the learning curve of how to be who she is supposed to be. We appreciate that, but we take those opinions and we take those requests and then we begin to internalize that. And then we take those opinions and requests from our business partners and, and the different people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, the people that we work with, we take those opinions and those requests. And then we take those opinions and requests from other ministers that we meet of other first ladies that we see along the way that we're trying and seeking advice from. We take all these different opinions and requests from all these different areas of life. First of all, because we don't know what we're doing when we start off. And then second of all, because we're seeking wise counsel. And what ends up happening is that we become confused. Okay. So if you admit to yourself, like I admitted to myself, Trust me, believe me, you will be a happier person in the end. I became a confused person because I felt like I was stifled. I felt like I was held back. I felt like I wasn't acting in the manner that I would normally act in. I felt like I couldn't be myself. And that's a bad place for any person to be in. But when you're a first lady, these are the contributing factors to how you get to that confused state. And it took me a while to figure out that I had to examine myself. It took me a while to figure out that I had to look back over my life and see what God had done for me from the beginning of my life up until the point that I had become a first lady. I want to encourage you today to examine yourself, examine your life. The Bible advises us to do this regularly. And we have to remember that examining ourselves doesn't just mean looking for the art that is in our eye or the plank that is in our eye or looking for the things that are incorrect with us. It also tells us to look back over our life and to see all the good things that God has done, all the, all the places that God God has made us strong in. I'm talking to you about your creative strengths. See, what I want to let you know is that God works within those strengths. When you examine your life, God will be working within those strengths from the time you were born. I know when all of my children were born, we have tr- three daughters, 
uh, my husband, Apostle Michael Hart and I, we have three daughters and there are characteristics and traits in them that have been with them since they were born. I knew that child A was going to be a certain type of way because they exhibited that when they were young. Guess what? That's something that God put in them from birth. It wasn't a mistake. And they use that throughout their life. Now, whether or not they go into ministry or not, that is their decision. But at the same time, whatever strength that they have exhibited all throughout their life will be the same strength that will carry them through ministry. It will be the same strength that fuels their creative fire. It will be the same strength that fuels the, their ability to manifest different things in their life. It's the same ability that you will use to manifest things in your life. That is what God put in you. And it is what will take you to the next level. I had to look for these things within me that God was already using in my life. First lady, you need to do the same. Do you know what I found out when I looked in myself and I examined my life? I found that God had given me strength in certain areas of my life. And those areas are what I was good at. Those are the areas or things that I was good at, you know, and I want to ask you a question. What are you good at? What are you good at? Now, before you answer the question, we get in the habit of thinking that we are good at everything, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, I think that too. So I want to ask you another question. What are you great at? What are you great at? What is your best thing? What is your fallback? What is your default setting? You know that if you're operating in this particular area, every single time you will be successful. No matter what it translates into, you will be successful. What are you great at? I submit to you, first lady or minister, whoever you are that is listening right now, I submit to you that where your greatest strength is, lies your greatest creativity. And that is the key to moving in your greatest power. As a first lady, as a minister, as a pastor, as whoever, where your greatest strength is, that is where your greatest creativity and your greatest power will be made manifest. This is what the Bible says in Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love this scripture because it says so much in so many different ways. But today we're talking about creativity. So if God is a creative being and he created mankind in his own image, and if you are made in the image of God and everything about him in his, is good and he saw fit to excel you in area X, Y, Z, then his intention is to show his glory in you through area X, Y, Z. You can try to copy somebody else, but unless you're moving in your own strength that God has put in you, the one that he put in you when he created you in his own image, then you are going to be failing to show the true glory of God that he wants to manifest in you. So you have to, you have to, it is absolutely imperative. I can't say it enough that you examine your life, find where your strength lies. That is where God intends to use you. Now here's the truth. 
the mistake is that we believe that when we are not gifted in something glamorous like music or arts, or we are not a great speaker or orator, that we are not good enough to fulfill our position as a first lady or as a minister. Well, the fact is, is that God created you in his image. He created you in his image. He created me in his image. So if he created me in his image, if he formed me in my mother's womb, in his image, then that means that you don't have to have one of those glamorous positions. It means that the gift is already in you. The power is already in you. The, the, the creativity is already in you. It exists already. That's why it's important to examine your life. When you examine your greatest gift, then you become your greatest self. And, you know, I think, I, I, you know, we are in this point right now where everybody is a guru and everybody is talking all this stuff about living my best life or living my greatest life. I want to give you a secret to living your greatest life or being your greatest self. Examine or accept your greatest gift. Now, for me, I always knew that I was good at getting things done. It was only natural for me to fill a void when I saw one there. It was only natural for me to solve problems when there were problems presented. That's what I did. Whenever something came my way and it looked like it needed to be fixed, guess what? I was the person that was going to fix it. If it was disorganized, guess what? I was the person that was going to organize it. It helped me get into supervisory positions in my job. It helped me manage and teach people and it helped me do all of this at a young age. I was young and I was doing this um, uh, faster and quicker and earlier than people who had been in the game for years because God had gifted me in administration. But when it came time for ministry, I forgot about all of that. <laughs> I, when it came to, became time to be the first lady, I had to go through the journey of trying to define myself. I tried to define myself as a first lady instead of just being myself and doing what I was good at. And some of it came from those sources that we talked about earlier, but most of it came from my own security about where I was at a particular point in my life. It's your insecurity. Admit to yourself, say self, I'm insecure about what I'm doing right now. I really don't know what I'm doing. That's why I'm so open to all these suggestions. That's why I'm so open to change direction and try to be something or somebody that I am not called to be. That's why ministry is super hard right now, because I'm not doing it the way that God designed for me to do it. It didn't get easier for me and it won't get easier for you until you accept and acknowledge the area that you are strongly gifted in. Where is that? If you're not gifted in a particular area, I want to let you go, let you know to let it go. Okay, let it go. Now, as a first lady, as a pastor, especially if you're a minister over a new church, you're going to have to do everything. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about as you go through life, when when the time comes and a minister steps in who is strong in an area that you are not gifted in, let them do that. <laughs> 
and you focus on the strength that God gave you because that is where your power is. It wasn't until years later that I accepted that my gifting, where my gifting was and began to work in that. And when I began to work in it, that's when God began to move mightily in me. See, God was still working. He was working in those first years. He was doing stuff. He, he's going to use you. You're his vessel, but he's not going to work mightily in you. Those groundbreaking things, those world shattering things. He's not going to do that until you begin to operate in your strength. We all want to be that person on the pulpit who's preaching and has such a dynamic, dynamic message that a thousand people come, come to the altar. We all want to do that. But if that's not your strength, then that's not going to happen for you. We all want to have that voice, that voice that sounds like a clarion bell, that voice can, that can attract people through music. We all want to do that. But if that's not your gift, God is not going to use you in that area mightily. Now, distinguish, I said mightily, he will use you in that area. You will touch a few. But if you want to reach the masses, if you want to reach thousands, you have to go into that area where God will use you mightily. And that is your strength. And the truth about my gifting, my gifting is administration. There is nothing glamorous about administration. As a matter of fact, you get a little hole in the wall. You might get an office, you might get a cubicle, you might get a desk, you might get a key. There was nothing glamorous about administrations. And so I rejected the gift for years. I did my job. I did the bare minimum. I did the bare minimum. I wanted everything else. I wanted to be gifted in everything else. I wanted to be the evangelist. I wanted to be the prophet. I wanted to be the singer. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. And the truth of the matter is God has all that in store for you anyway. It's just later on down the line. You can't see it now because you only know in part. The truth of the matter is, is that I had to admit to myself, my position wasn't one of the glamorous positions. It was a, 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 a position that does not get recognition. But the fact of the matter is, is that administration was so pivotal to the growth of the ministry. And I was hindering the growth of the ministry by not operating in my strength. So can you admit to yourself on today? I'm just asking a question. Can you admit to yourself today that maybe I might be causing things to go a little slower than they're supposed to go because I'm not operating the way that God has called me to operate. Can I keep it real with you? Keep it real with yourself. I guarantee you that if you move in your strength, you will be so much happier in ministry. You will be so much happier when you understand who you are, when you accept who you are, when you take ownership of who you are, that's when God can use you because you're not double minded. When we're trying to figure out who we are and taking so many, so uh, much information from so many different places, trying to emulate and pattern ourselves after other people, we become double minded. And the Bible says that God cannot bless a double minded person. You have to be singularly minded. You have to have that focus that you need in order to get from one place to another. 
So I want you to know that you are exactly where you are supposed to be. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, which means that God created your good gift, your greatest strength in advance for you. Pat here on 98.7 FM. I would love to connect with you about today's topic, about your creative strength. Contact me online at ladyheart.org or on facebook.com at Lady A Heart. If you would like more information about this program or desire to connect with me or ask any questions, you can get me online. I'll see you there. God bless.